Welcome to the Wildly Terrible Podcast. <laughs> Hi, Esther. Hi, Ollie. Happy book birthday today. Happy book birthday. We just spent the last like 10 minutes reminding each other to breathe. Grounding, centering. Ourselves. Not even that. Just like literally don't actually pass out. This is I'm true. just so nervous. And now I'm officially the only Amazon review. So <laughs> if you bought our book, please give it five stars on Amazon because yeah. that's what the, the that's algorithm cares algorithm about. And I cannot be the only one to have reviewed it. Yeah. Not yet. And I yeah. only want nice reviews. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everyone here knows the drill. Five-star reviews, iTunes, and or Amazon nothing. now. So right. links in the show notes. <laughs> Do your thing, everybody. Do it now. We appreciate it. Our book is in the world. Our baby. Our baby. Our baby. We labored so hard over her. Next week, we're going to do a whole episode with FAQs about the book. And so if you have any questions about the book, definitely email them to us at wildlyterrorpodcast at gmail.com with FAQ episode in the subject. And we'll answer all of your questions about our baby. Yeah. Yeah. If we can remember some of the answers i know i even some of the questions we've already gotten i'm like uh what <laughs> i don't remember it's fine it's fine because we wrote this during the pandemic so all of we, us have yeah. some major brain fog issues and you know yeah it's just hard to more to come next sometimes. week on the timeline of everything because it gets a bit exactly mushy. Yeah, it does get a little bit mushy, but it's out in the world now. You can pick up a copy right now. We don't even have to say pre-order. You no. can just do it. It's going to be uh, in bookstores. Like, yeah. in the bookstore. One of my sister's also, friends texted me a picture of it in a bookstore, an actual bookstore. Before it came out, which is really weird to me, but that's okay. I have an idea. Give away for the coziest picture of the book and the person. Okay, sure. Like a, I don't like know a, how we'll track that, but I'm down. Cozy. Instagram. We'll figure out all the stuff. But this was my idea yeah. because we were both like super cozy people. Bed is friend. We love bed. Bed is friend. Yeah, we So do we love want bed. cozy. Like I wrote this book with the intention of people snuggling up with it with some hot beverage, a blanket, fireplace, comfy couch. An animal, cat or snuggles, dog. Something. So reading it, then reading the fun parts aloud to people because it's so filled with interesting yes. tidbits. You and know. funny, you know, little side quips. About you know author weight or assholes that I thought you said yet. author weight like oh, the weight like of weight. an author. No, <laughs> Arthur weight. I'm just losing my mind. It's okay. Uh, so yeah, more details so to come. Things for a comfy. Thing. No, we're just post stuff. Just tag post us it. in it, and yeah. you'll be entered to win. Yeah, yeah. Do that. <laughs> Instagram. Tag us in it. Tag Holly and exactly. I in it, not the podcast, preferably, because we don't. Or all three. Yeah. All three would be preferable, but definitely our two personal yes. accounts. Yes, yes, yes. That's our primary focus. I think that it's interesting because it seems like we didn't interpret this as being a podcast-related book. Uh-huh. But obviously, since this is where our audience is, it has turned into it. So tag us as individuals yes. and the podcast if you want to, but you don't have to tag the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We'll see it way, way more quickly if you send it to us as individuals. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, uh, regular episode. I'm super excited. And then Woo. next week we have the FAQs. But in the meantime, we are not hopefully going to feel super embarrassed about this episode the no. way that we did about last week's episode. <laughs> but where I we feel were like last flailing. week's was just so like welcome it ended and up being understanding. Fantastic. And it was really, yeah. it's probably one of my now favorite episodes because growth. And right. True. <laughs> 
And also, like, one we can always refer back to whenever stuff like this is asked. Be like, you know that one random episode that doesn't have a deck in the title? Go listen to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Go listen to that one if you feel bad about how you read tarot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We can be helpful in this way. I love it. But yeah, great episode. And this is a regular one. We're going to be talking about the Star Child Tarot and answering questions as huge. Yay! it's your turn to pick a card for the episode okay yay i'm gonna use green witch tarot because look at this yule back like this is the backs on this are super yulish oh yeah that's pretty so it's like a nice little wreath with roses and foliage and <laughs> i'm ready all for of yule. those feelings yes The card of the day is the Knight of Athame, which is the Knight of Swords. Awesome. Oh, that's cute. It's like a little love, farm boy, like swords. training a little horse. And look at the badger. Look at the that English countryside badger. Oh, I know. So <sighs> unlike the, the, the wild the badgers wild of North America. I, <laughs> I love the all uncouth. those memes about how English badgers look like they're like wearing a monocle yes. and drinking tea and American badgers look like they've just murdered an entire family. <laughs> I mean, the accuracy is not that far it's, off. <laughs> yeah, it is quite true. All right. Okay. Uh, speaking Questions? of uh, badgers, Willow, not from Wind in the Willows. Oh, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> that I love fun. that. I first started learning tarot at the beginning of 2021, and my first deck was a PDF of the RWS for a Barbie playhouse that I found online and printed on cardstock. So, yes, they're about one inch by one and a half. <laughs> I so love cute. that ingenuity. That's I also hilarious. feel like I need to find these and print them out. Yeah. Like a nice little craft. <laughs> the one deck we don't have. Exactly. <laughs> about two months in, I saw a deck whose art I fell in love with, Wild What If It Matters, and I sprung for it. The problem is I find myself reaching for my little one. I don't like the RWS art really at all. It's just not my style. But every time I try to read with the real deck I got, I get so confused. None of the cards seem to make sense to me. But I just love my real deck so much. It's gorgeous. And I can't justify getting a different one when I barely ever use the one I have. The other problem is that when I read the descriptions... (laughs) I've never felt like that is a problem. (laughs) This is not the podcast to uh, to use as a like comparison at all. Yeah, to to be like I need to use what Just, I already have before buying more, and we're like um, um, literally drowning in decks that we rarely use. Uh, we, have so many. we did write about a a uh, a magnificent woman in our book who also was a deck hoarder. So uh, true, we did. Yeah, that we need to do more research about her. I know. I was. I anyway. That's that's in our like wildly Lenormand art book that's coming in 2047 <laughs> i like that we're giving ourselves 20 what 26 years to write a second a follow-up, a follow-up book about lenormand talk art about the sophomore slump with artists <laughs> we're just giving ourselves plenty of time to hit that word count okay <laughs> right exactly The other problem is that when I read the descriptions in the book that came with my deck, they make more sense, but I don't know how to apply them to my everyday life at all. 
I still struggle with that deeply with my tiny deck, but I somehow find that reading Biddy Tarot is a little bit easier to apply. Either way, I'm, I almost never am able to just look at the cards and read like you two do, regardless of which deck I use. What do you think I should do? Is this an issue with the deck? An issue with me just not knowing yet? An issue with my intuition? I've always been very, very bad at doing anything when there's not an objectively right way to do it. All of the above? What's holding me back and what should my next steps be? Stressful. Yes. But also, do you own Wildwood? Because I do. I do not because of this reason. I can't imagine it being my first full-size deck. No. That deck is not a Rider Waite Smith deck. It's really not at all. a f- beginner friendly tarot deck. No, no, no. It is beautiful. It is I gorgeous. do love it. It is so pretty, but it is not beginner friendly in any way, no. shape, or form. And actually, if you're looking for a beginner friendly book or beginner friendly, what? Why can't I say the word friendly today? <laughs> a beginner friendly deck with similar vibes, mm-hmm. buy Druidcraft and trim it down. Yes. Yes. To me, they feel very similar. And we have a whole chapter about Druidcraft in our book that is so much fun. Yes. And it's a really, really beautiful deck that has similar vibes, but it is not you. It's Wildwood being a jackass, like <laughs> intermediate to advanced level. It's not. Okay. No, I mean, that's okay. the thing is that it's just that it follows its own whole structure. It does. And right. each of the cards is not meant to me. The only way I've ever gotten effective use out of it is one card at a time, uh-huh. which therefore I think, if you're using you it to take read it to spreads, Ireland it with you, I think I took it to Scotland. Scotland with me. Okay. Yeah. I can envision the Instagram posts just in my head right now. There's one on a stone wall. I think you drew cards for me or something around that time and you use wild wood. The most use I've gotten out of it has been like one at a time. Uh-huh. Like I find it really good for meditative reasons, but not that good for spread reads. Yeah. For yeah. me anyway. Right. And so I think that maybe that kind of goes back to the idea of not feeling super comfortable with things that aren't like, here's the right way to do it. But mm-hmm. one of the things that we've talked about a lot in the past is some decks are ideal for meditative reasons. Right. Pulling one card at a time, meditating on the meanings, how it could be, interpreted to reflect your life, whatever. And some cards work well for spread readings. Right, right. And being able to assess which is which is really, really helpful Mm -hmm. when you're trying to decide if it's that you can't connect with the deck or if you're just not using it in the way that the deck wants to be worked with for you. Yeah, yeah. And the deck that I actually use today, the the Green Witch Tarot, also has those like sort of like druidic sort of feel to it, but Uh with a RWS scene in it. So if, yeah. if 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 Druidcraft isn't your thing that way either, maybe the Green Witch Tarot would be. Could be, yeah, totally. So just kind of giving it a, another option there too. Yeah. So I don't think that it is, I mean, obviously not everyone has to collect and collect and collect and collect and collect the way that right. we do. But I do think that the idea that if you're not using a deck, it means that you're not good at tarot no. and shouldn't like devote more resources to getting more decks Mm -hmm. is probably not the way to go about this because if you're getting something out of using your mini cards, but you just don't like the Smith way sort of like vibe, right? Which is fine because the art can be divisive. Yeah. Um, first of all, read our chapter about the, that chapter. About that, that yeah, work, yeah. I think that'll really help. I really appreciated it a lot more after reading the chapter about it. But then also some really, really solid sort of introductory mm-hmm. entry level decks that follow the exact same path are decks that we've reviewed on the podcast. Yeah. Like what's the one that will come up? Like Everyday Witch, Tarot, 
Yeah, we used to use that literally all the time. I actually mm-hmm. think that that's probably your best bet for a very intro yeah. deck. It's kind of fun. It's witchy. It is really aligned with Rider Waite Smith. The guidebook is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it can sort of get you into the groove with it. Again, yeah. I also think I wish that they would re release uh, Druidcraft in a smaller format. Oh, because yeah. The cards themselves are hugely massive. Mm-hmm. And they have like three sets of. Um... Oh my God. I'm totally losing my language ability today. Oh. They have like three sets of borders. That's the yeah. one I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I understand why, after writing the chapter about that deck, why they have so many borders, because it, it was all really done in like beautiful, like oil painting style, like actually full sized giant oil painting. So I know why they have all of that, because it sort of brings in more of that like art right. vibe. But at the same time, they're just really huge cards. Yeah. But they definitely have some similar vibes to that. Or even maybe the Robin Wood. Too. Yeah, Robin Wood. Yeah. But that also is a slightly different format than Rider Waite Smith. Yeah. I think one of the best things about like following a lot of YouTubers or Instagram accounts or whatever is looking to see what kinds of decks other people have and then seeing if you vibe with any of those specifically. Mm-hmm. I would also say, I think we've maybe have mentioned it long time ago, but like forcing yourself to work with something that's frustrating will only create more frustration. Right. Like there's not, not a point where you help. Right. There's not a point that you get to, like this epiphany of like, Oh, now I've had all this information about wildwood download into my brain. I can now translate wildwood you know, effortlessly. Right. That, that probably <laughs> won't happen. So like, don't force yourself. Like it's a good thing to kind of like set it down, put it in a drawer, come back to it and like yeah. a month and see how it, how you do with it then. And you don't yeah, have to go like all then. balls to the walls like we do and buy like four decks because of whatever you can, you can, if you're a four. minimalist, man, if only <laughs> I'm saying if you're a minimalist, you can just go yeah. buy one deck for now and see yeah. like one that you're really drawn to that doesn't have to, you know, be the, you know, end all be all deck, but just one that you're drawn to like, okay, I'm going to buy this one specific one and work with this one. That's a bit more attuned to where I'm at in reading tarot. Yeah, and there's also a lot of, like, buy, sell, trade, swap groups on Facebook regarding tarot. So if you think, like, well, I don't really want to commit to $25 for this mass market deck, there's a pretty decent chance you'll be able to find somebody selling it on one of the marketplaces for, like, five, ten bucks. Yeah. So that can be a really good way to Even on, like, Amazon used or eBay. Yeah. I mean, be careful about pirated decks. But as long as it's a mass market deck, it's unlikely that... I wouldn't be too... I mean... I guess you always have to be a little bit skeptical. But I think like, yeah, looking for them on eBay or whatever, as long as it's a mass market deck, it is probably safe to say that if something's like $15, it's probably real. Yeah. If it's an indie deck that's $15, don't buy that. No. You're being a pirate and it will not bring you readings that you want it to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's a mass market deck and there are just are so many, so there's really no end to options and exactly. looking to looking around to figure out what you prefer is really the only way to find decks that work well for you. Yes. And if you read forever using Barbie cards, that's, that's totally fine. fine. Also. I love it. I want to read yeah. Barbie cards. I know one by one and a half inch is adorable. So cute. But that's also part of it is that Biddy Tarot's whole thing is designing her card meetings to be 
really applicable to everyday life. Yes. But that's not what Wildwood's goal is. Wildwood has more of an esoteric goal. And that's why when you read a single card meaning, it's harder to link it up because it's like for whatever you think about Biddy Tarot, Mm -hmm. it, her idea of linking card meanings together is what her goal is. Like she wants to train people to read naturally. Whereas with Wildwood, it's about each individual card separately. And so of course it's going to be a different experience when you're using those guidebooks to like figure out what is going on in your own life. Yeah. Yeah. They have, they have two totally different end games in mind and you know, it's okay to like, I don't think there's a quote unquote problem with using Biddy meanings with Wildwood, but no, you won't get that true. flavor that you want with Wildwood in doing so. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. And if you have any questions about decks that people are posting on Instagram, you can always say like, oh, I've never seen this before. Do you, would you mind sending me more pictures of it or yeah. whatever? And for the most part, I mean, maybe this is a little bit outdated in the tarot community, but when both of us first start, first joined like the Instagram tarot community, people were doing stuff like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was years ago. And so right. maybe things have moved past that, but tarot lovers love tarot. They yeah. want to share this stuff with each other. So yeah. if you see something that looks cool and you want to see more, just nicely ask if you can see more yeah. or Google the name of the deck or whatever. There's so many decks in the world. Like one of the premises of the last like quarter of our book is that every single month dozens of decks are being produced so you'll mm-hmm. be able to find one that reads easily for you yeah. you will it just might not be wildwood and don't let that get you down because it's exactly. not a personal failure of any kind not at all and you could just po- either post like discord i know willow's active at discord post a discord oh, like true. people who have decks that are similar to wildwood and maybe you know any suggestions people can yeah go ahead and make totally them there. That could be a whole conversation. Yeah. Maybe we're just having brain farts about other Wildwood-esque decks that are really great and would be perfect additions to your collection. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. All right, our second question is from Mel. And Mel sent the absolute longest message we've ever received. Um, <laughs> so I only included parts of it, and it's still pretty long. Uh, she's very complete with her information. Yes. So we're paring this down. Um But Mel says, I'm looking outside on Black Friday at the first snow of the season. It's a little early over here for snow, but not unheard of. Because of the change in the weather, I usually get a headache because I'm sensitive. And I don't usually find out why until I look out the window. So no, I have that going on, but still. It's my first snow day where I don't have to worry about teaching music to hyped up first and second graders, especially after recess. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's giving me lots of feelings. It's weird when you're in limbo between a job you know you had to quit And no fucking idea what's next. So in 2019, I decided my plan was to begin freelancing courses and build up my own business of teaching music. I would start with courses for teachers and so on in various places, build up a customer base, etc., parallel to working. And then I would quit my job by the end of the school year of 2022 and would look into opening up my own place down the road if I was successful. I made a five-year plan and everything. Even my partner was on board, which is a mixed message, but anyway. And then a few months later, exactly the thing which would shut down my idea of group courses in music, COVID hits. Even though I could not start off with building up the business, I quit my job at the end of the school year, 2021. In my readings, I keep getting the hanged man and the hermit. So I'm aware that I'm in a time of waiting and reflection before things build, particularly in the job sector, but I also keep getting the three of pentacles. 
I used to get the Three of Cups a lot before this particular phase, so I find that interesting. They often show up together all in the same reading, all three of them, Hanged Man, Hermit, and Three of Pentacles. Different decks, too. Uh, they also show up in both readings about my personal life and my career, but because I kind of view these things as intertwined, I don't know if the tarot is telling me that I'm in a general holding pattern or only in one life area or that I need to address something in one area in order to move forward in both. So the questions are, are these cards about my job, my personal life, or both? The call to patience is abundantly clear to sit back and wait while things develop, to give into the mystery. Even right before I got this, or before I sent this, I got two patience oracle cards in my daily reading. It is so hard. What can I do slash focus on to make this a bit easier on myself and to be able to really let go and fully, um, fully immerse myself in this process? What is the role of the three of pentacles in all of this? It's like I'm hearing wait, but also teamwork, which I find confusing because also third Oracle card in today's reading was teamwork. Networking, learning how to deal with advanced conflicts, neither gar. <laughs> All right. So we are basically addressing the hermit, hanged man. the hanged man, and the three of pentacles. That three of pentacles coming to haunt us second week in a row, Holly. I know. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Hermit three. I'm just writing all of that down so that I remember. And then we're asking, are these questions or are these cards coming up about her job or her personal life or both? Mm -hmm. So I think that the easiest thing to do would be to split this into a specifically job reading, mm -hmm. a specifically personal life reading, and then go from there. Like how is the three of pentacles impacting Job, Jobs. how is the three of pentacles impacting relation or personal, personal life? life? Do you think that that's a good way to start it? Yeah. Like, do we want to focus on the three of pentacles alone or all three of those cards? Because we're trying to, it, it sounded like we were trying to find the meaning behind the three of pentacles, but all that three, all three yeah. of them were the three kind of, of pentacles influencing. Is the more confusing. Maybe just do a, what role is the three of pentacles here? And then dive into personal life. It does the whole reading of the three of the trifecta have to do with personal or, or private? I mean, per, private or job. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh oh, Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of the way that she wrote it, too. What's the role of the three of pentacles in all of this? But I'm just worried that if we don't split it into job and personal life at the beginning, it uh -huh. will only give us the same information that she already gave us. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the confusion is from where the three of pentacles, or I guess where all of it is influencing. This well, is how we maybe go down just, slippery slopes. Well, maybe just establishing, is this a job? Or, or do these three cards, are they influencing, are they talking about a job? All three of them. Are they talking about okay. a job? Are they talking about personal life? And then from there, we can um, go into, the into what the Three of Pentacles means. Okay. Okay. So all three, Hanged Man, Hermit, and Three of Pentacles, is this job or personal life? Okay. Okay. Mine is pretty clear. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got the lovers and the three of wands. I got the sun. Okay. So I think that that's 
personal life. Yeah. And I just pulled the second one, Six of Wands. So I think that's personal. Yeah. Okay. So that specific three card reading is about your personal life. Hanged Man, Hermit, Three of Pentacles. Mm -hmm. So partnerships, planning, mm -hmm. future like successes. And, and endeavors and successes. Right. Yeah. And happiness and joy and fulfillment. Right. All that stuff. Celebration, all of that stuff. Yeah. So I think that maybe the idea for this would be then that the next exercise you could do to sort of get through this is to do a lot of planning with your partner Maybe revisit that five-year plan knowing now what you know now rather mm -hmm. than just still trying to adapt the existing five-year plan so that you can come up with what you want that sun to look like, what mm -hmm. you want that like connection to look like, and then create some sorts of plans moving forward from here mm -hmm. rather than still sticking with the existing plan because then you would be able to do that hanged man the hermit doesn't have to be solitary. It just has to be focused. Yeah. And so if the hermit is focused on you and your basically household developing a five-year plan again, that still is exemplifying hermit energy because you're not letting outside forces mm -hmm. impact it. It's just teamwork within the little hermit hut. Yeah. And the hermit and sometimes is depicted as like a librarian that is like hutched over like studying something. So yeah, the hermit totally. also has that role of like esoteric study and not like just only esoteric but like studying intensely so, yeah it doesn't have to just only mean solitude yeah yeah so i think yeah i think that for those three cards together it's definitely suggesting that you spend some time with your household coming up with a new five-year plan mm -hmm. yeah what you think success looks like what brings you joy what you can do in the short term and the long term how mm -hmm. you can feel more connected all of those things yeah yeah Awesome. Mm -hmm. We did it, Esther. We did. So then that's also kind of focusing a little bit on the patience thing, the mm -hmm. second part of the question. So obviously the call to patience is clear, but I don't think it's saying to just wait while things develop. I right. think it's saying you need to sort of take the bull by the horns and talk to your partner about how you can develop more of a plan. So it's yeah. not just sitting and waiting. It's about using this time in conscientious ways between the two of you and coming up with more of a plan. So there's still some action that can be mm -hmm. taken. It's not like you're just supposed to be sitting still. Right. And patience also is like knowing when to act as well as yeah. having that patience with yourself in the process. Because you're taking what you thought was a sure thing and now it's having to be changed. And so that patience with yourself and your partner and all of those moving pieces involved also has to be ongoing as well. Yeah, totally. I like that. So I think we kind of answered the three of pentacles then too, because in the framework of the hanged man and the hermit, rather than re reframing it and how you can let people in, mm -hmm. it's more like the hermit is you and your partner right. in this environment together, making decisions together. Mm -hmm. And that'll also probably help you feel less hanged manny if you have this input from other people, yeah. not other people, your partner specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Do you think that there's anything else that we need to talk about with this question? Especially if you see all of the personal stuff and the professional mm -hmm. stuff so interlinked. I think creating this plan with your partner about your personal stuff will help the professional stuff fall into line also. Right. And that you're both on the same page now that things are chaos in the world too. Yeah, exactly. 
I think everyone's I, five-year plan deserves a revisit. Oh, no yeah. one should still be operating under their original five-year <laughs> unless plans. You're, unless your five-year plan included a, a pandemic. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I Which, think how? We, I think we just kind of naturally, in seeing, like, in deciding and seeing that the cards brought things more personal, that it kind of developed the reading a bit more out. So I don't yeah, think there's totally. anything left unturned. What can I do to focus to make it a bit easier myself to be able to really let go and fully immerse myself in this process? That's the only other thing. Yeah, but I think that it's just... I think it's just actually communicating. doing it. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. Yeah. To break out of the idea that you just have to sit and wait for things to happen, mm-hmm. you need to start like discussing it with your partner and creating more of a plan. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, we don't have any new Patreon supporters this week, which makes sense because it's the end of the month, and yeah. that's usually how this works. <laughs> um, and our book is out, so we don't even have an announcement about pre-ordering. Oh, We're just here. We did it. it today. Exactly. Good job, team. Yay. Um, but we are starting our What We Do in the Shadows rewatch on Patreon. We just recorded the first episode. Um, and we do want your feedback, dear Patreon supporters. So listen to it. Let us know what you think. We have a call to action at the end of it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And we're so excited. It was so much fun to talk about that show yes. with you. I love it so, so much. I love that show so much. We're so good. Big fans. Yay. If you like that show or you like Charmed or you just want to support us, you also can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash wildly tarot podcast. There's a link in the show notes. And we also have like a f- for free, you can listen to our bonus oh, episodes on Patreon true. of the major arcana the The minor arcana is in patreon for patreon supporters but if you want to listen to our major arcana mini episodes where we talk like maybe five or ten minutes about what the majors mean they're all there for patreon supporters for free free. so no for everybody not even just patreon supporters if you have a web browser you can listen to those episodes free (laughs) so yes we have lots of good stuff going on there yeah, totally. I love the Patreon. And we appreciate your support so much. We totally do. Awesome. Well, this week we are talking about Star Child by Danielle Noel, it's which is really time. shocking <laughs> that we have not yet. I mean, really. We what both the hell? had this deck for at least six months. How did, or a year. How did we miss this? Yeah, I know. I bought mine used before the pandemic yeah. started. So I have no idea how we've not <laughs> talked about this. I also have so many decks of hers and we've not talked about it. I any. know. I thought we'd talked about her book on the podcast, but we can't find it anywhere. Oh, yeah. So it must have been a fever dream. Yeah, if that you or you, you know, know when we talked about the, what is it, the book called? The Book of the Tarot, book I of think. The Book of Tarot by Danielle Noel. If you remember when we talked about that, let us know because I, I know that we did. I feel like we did, like, a, I don't know if it, like, I just said we did it at length, whether it was like fangirling or not. I've, I just really thought we reviewed it, but I guess not. Either we did or it was like under the guise of a question and we brought that book out and that's how the only yeah. reason it got like hidden in the show notes. But I would have thought about it linked it. Who knows? Who knows? The funny thing is that. Even though we haven't reviewed anything of Danielle Noel's, apparently, the cover of our slip cover of our book has a card from the Moonchild Tarot on it. Like, it's the only card on the front of the slip cover of our book. All right. So Danielle Noel is a visual artist from Vancouver. Uh, she's created almost a dozen decks since 2012, which is when the first edition of this deck came out. Mm-hmm. I have the uh, um, Akash. What is it? Akashic. 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 Yeah, I have the Akashic edition, which is still available. So mm-hmm. is the regular one. 
Um, and she's also written a tarot book called The Book of Tarot. Her works are thematically based on ideas of ancient lore, mysticism, and the divine feminine. And I think this deck especially leans on something we also talk about a lot in our book, which is the universal ancestor idea mm-hmm. that we talk about mostly in the Tarot de Marseille chapter mm-hmm. about how during sort of the early stages of the esoteric movement in the 1700s, there was a lot of um, both Greece, but more especially Egypt being this sort of universal ancestor. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of Egyptian symbolism and iconic icons and iconography or whatever, mm-hmm. all of that throughout this deck, because that's sort of like this universal ancestor idea that is being brought through a short synopsis of the deck traveling to distant vistas and worlds of the imagination. The star child is a tribute to the medicine and magic that evolves through self-reflection and meditation inspired by sacred symbolism, the Akasha and the fabric of our universe Each card functions as a tiny gateway into new worlds and insights for you to explore. Um, The Starshell deck represents the culmination of many years of paintings, illustration, photography, and design, and offers a unique window into the world of tarot. I think that this, so the level of reader this is appropriate for, I think that a lot of people, when they're new readers, want it because it is very aesthetic. Yes, very aesthetic. Very aesthetic. However, I do not think that it aligns closely enough with Rider Waite Smith for you to have this be like your third deck. Right. If you're using Rider Waite Smith primarily and you're brand new, I think that there are enough name changes mm-hmm. and specific meanings that Danielle includes that it is more of an intermediate deck, mm-hmm. despite how vibey it is and yes. how much people want to have it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, That's I actually one of the reasons why I didn't have it for so long is that I was like, I don't know if I can really adapt to this. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of easy once you're a confident reader, but still there are so many name changes that it can still sort of be a little bit like when I pull something, I have to think about it briefly. Exactly. Right. Yes. Um, The structure. It's standard sized. It has a matte finish. My version also has gilded edge but it's that sort of like older school sort of soft gilding uh where it's not metallic it's just like gold and a little bit shiny Mm -hmm. which i prefer yeah 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 i just got um matt hughes's new deck oh yeah the oracle one no 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 the new tarot one the shadow version oh and the the gilding is so so shiny and it's just i just don't enjoy that (laughs) type of gilding that much yeah I love a colorful one and I love these like matte metallics where it's mm-hmm. a little bit shiny, but not like intensely, right. intensely reflective. Right, right, right. And you can basically find it anywhere. It is still an indie deck. Mm-hmm. So you can go to her website or a lot of the like major deck shops yeah. will sell it. Um, it's basically available everywhere. It's a really, really widely distributed deck. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about the vibes of the deck? It's very watery. I, I was reading Benabel Wen's review of it and uh-huh. she reviewed it when it, in like 2014, like okay. a really long time ago. And she talks about it as being super Aquarius. Like it's very Aquarian oh, okay. as far as decks go, uh-huh. because there's a lot of like sort of water and lightness. All of the colors are incredibly muted pastels yeah. to the point where in some cards, I kind of even have a trouble, like maybe it's just elderly eyes or aging eyes, but like, <laughs> 
distinguishing the different layers. Oh, yeah. Because it's a very multi-layer sort of like, yeah, it's a little bit cloudy or misty maybe, Uh but not like there's the addition of mist. It's like the amount of pastel makes it feel kind of misty, Mm -hmm. which is pretty, but it also feels very ethereal because of that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very, like, I think Holly's using the word aesthetic is very on point because, like, I love purples and this is very much my purples deck. And yes, like it is this. a very, very purples deck. Um, and, but getting it, I felt a little bit differently than how I thought I would feel. So that's, that's the only other thing. It's kind of like, I thought I would love it more because of the purples, but because it's so much purples and blues, I think it's maybe overdone a little bit like there's no rest for your eyeballs from the all the blues and purples yeah and i find myself wanting there to be more contrast a little bit i mean it still is so pretty and it's very fairy like but i wanted there to be like a lot of my favorite cards are cards that have more contrast yeah yeah and then when i'm looking at like one of my favorites which is the knight of swords i was like oh this kind of feels a little bit like the muse tarot uh-huh. So I wonder if the Muse Tarot is what we're comparing it to because that's, that's more visually our, like lots of contrast with there's more contrast to it. Yeah. And maybe that's a little bit more of what our eyes are drawn to. I don't think maybe. that they feel like similar decks, mm-hmm. but I do think that maybe I'm like subconsciously comparing this or to that because that. I like the contrast kind so of much that. Yeah. And the vibrancy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So some name changes. It has the uh, justice as card number eight and strength as 11. So the Terra de Marseille style of swapping those two. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the pentacles are crystals. And then there's a bunch of name changes. So get ready for it. Death <laughs> is transformation. The hanged man is perspective. The hermit is serenity. The devil is oppression. Judgment is awakening. The world is the universe. And then the fool is the star seed. And then there's also a 79th card, which is the Akashic Records um, card. Yeah. The Akashic Records are also kind of that idea of like a universal ancestor where there's like like universal knowledge that we have contained within us of like all of history, all of spirituality, all of that that you have to work to tap into. And I know that that's like a vast oversimplification. But the general idea. Well, I'm just here like, so, okay, explain Starseed. Like, <laughs> I know. So Starseed is something that I always did not connect with until I got a reading, a past life reading from somebody like two years ago. And then I started liking Starseed a lot more. Mm-hmm. For my Cancerian mom and sister, I feel like a lot of the time can- cancers are sort of seen or see themselves as Starseeds. But the idea is that like the universal life force within you or whatever is from the universe rather than like from the planet earth or from Mm -hmm. a specific, you know, deity or whatever. Um, And I do like that a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting. I think sometimes people go too woo woo. Sometimes people use this as an excuse for not having to dig deeper into their own bad habits or past behavior or ancestral issues. I think Uh we've talked about this a little bit in some ancestral episodes, but Uh if you see yourself as a starseed, 
then it's easy to say, well, my ancestors right. weren't a problem. Like you don't hold any responsibility to humanity uh-huh. if you aren't careful about the starseed stuff. Right. If you are careful about it, you can recognize that you still have responsibility for humanity and stuff like yeah. that. But I think that the dark side of it is that sometimes people can turn into sort of like this idea that they don't hold any responsibility to mm-hmm. humanity because they're not of this world or right. whatever. Exactly. So that's something to be aware of. But the Akashic Records and the Starseed stuff all sort of have stuff to do with that. Mm -hmm. So the other thing is that this deck came out in 2012. So there's not a ton of diversity. There is a little bit of diversity. Yeah. But this deck even sometimes uses the same people on multiple cards. So it's definitely like a 20, early 20 teens deck versus like an late 20 teens, early 2020s deck where there's much more of a conscious effort to have diverse representation both in terms of like skin color and body shape Mm -hmm. and age and gender expression and sexuality and all of these things that that doesn't really exist in this deck even though there are a couple of people of color sprinkled throughout it just isn't quite as intentional i do think that moonchild is sort of a reaction to that and Mm -hmm. included a lot more representation but for this deck if you're going into it you can expect to see a couple of faces that aren't just like you know cis seeming straight white people Mm -hmm. thin straight white people but there is definitely a lot of room for growth which i do think that danielle has experienced but this deck came out in almost 10 years right and i think recently she was asked if she plans on changing any images in star child and that question was either i think it was left unanswered or with a no if i remember correctly right because there is she has other decks. I almost think that like Star Child is sort of not going to be updated because yeah. she's producing other decks. Yeah. And in her other Oracle decks that she's done, I think I have both of them the um, Find Your Light and Starseed Oracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both have way better representation. And then also Moonchild does yeah. too. So I think that this one's just a little bit more tradish yeah. in that sort of like disappointing way. <laughs> yes, okay. yes, yes. It was. A time, and she's reflected and done better in newer decks. Yeah. All right. So favorite cards. I want to hear about your favorite cards. And then I have only two huhs, and both of them are for really silly reasons. Oh, well, I all of my favorite cards except for one have no people on it. Because I just don't like the people in this deck. Interesting. I could see that. But, like, because for me, they a lot of them look like their bodies are warped. In certain ways, because I don't know if it's been Photoshop or something. And I just, as a visual artist, I can't deal with body warping. Like, even just to try to match them into, like, you know, the 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 picture you want them to have. Their space they're in. So, for me, that's kind of, like, I I keep getting distracted by the people on the card. And that's one of the reasons I can't really use this deck is because the people are too distracting for me. Yeah, I also noticed that there's sort of a consistency where a lot of the cards with figures in them have the figure in the center and Mm -hmm. then sort of like expanding stuff beyond them, Uh which is beautiful, but also it makes it so that the focus is really, really on that figure right? rather than like being able to look beyond it. And I think that and the contrast issue that I was talking about Mm -hmm. earlier make it hard to get into the card in the same way. There's sort of like an uncanny valley-ness to the Mm -hmm. figures themselves in some way because of, you know, editing or whatever. And then also the um, dreaminess of the color choices. Mm -hmm. You just feel very stuck on the person rather than the depth. Exactly. Right. 
So, um, so my Let's only person card is the Three of Wands, which is a figure like sitting on a moon rock. It looks like looking out I love into that a, card. like That's a portal. One of my favorites too. It's really beautiful and it's like very serene. It's not like the usual Three of Wands. That's kind of more action oriented. In that sort it of feels like meditative. Plant. It feels more meditative, totally. So I she's sort really of sitting like on a cliff, and there's like a lot of layers of galaxy in front of her. Mm-hmm. Like one that kind of at first glance looks like a big moon, but then it's actually just like an additional viewpoint yeah. into a cloudy sky with uh with constellations. And then there's additional universe behind that and kind of like a big planet almost coming in yeah. from the upper left. Like, so it's very I love that. Card. I would use this deck if it didn't have the people distracting from the beauty of the natural stuff and texture she has going on so yeah totally the layered texture is really cool yeah uh the two of crystals it i really like the little doodle that's kind of surrounding one of the, the bigger crystals oh yeah like the sun probably is supposed to signify but two of crystals crystals of course are pentacles and it's just like a really interesting, like it looks sort of like Mars, sort of like dunes landscapey thing, with uh-huh. uh, like a big sun that has some I don't know what you call it, like a frame around. It's the kind of orb. like a sacred geometry yeah. frame. Yeah. So it's just I just really enjoy like that meditativeness again because you can like look into it and feel like the serenity and calmness right of the two of Get crystals and getting balance. Sure. So. I also like the three of cups and the, it has, it does have like three copy pasted cups here on this thing, but the mountain (laughs) and the valley here is really beautiful with that moon that's hovering above all of that. Is the three of cups the one where I was like, are those the Dixie chicks? No, No. that's a different card. (laughs) No, no, no. There are no, it's just, it's just three copy pasted um, cups. So, but yes, I really, I'm enjoying like the nature, the natural, oh my gosh, the natural (laughs) stuff. I knew what you meant. Thank you. And speaking of the sun, I do love this again the frame the framing of the sun and the sacred geometry around the actual sun card. Yeah, again with the sort of deserty cliffs. Next yeah. time you come visit, we'll have to go to Joshua Tree. I know. I want to go so bad. I want to go so bad. It looks so beautiful. <laughs> and my last favorite one is the ten of crystals, the ten of pentacles, the sacred geometry with the galaxies and the in the little portals and the circles. Yeah, that's so. Cool. I thought that was really interesting, especially like. With the, I think this specific sacred geometry pattern is used a lot in crystal grids. So yeah. I just thought it was really interesting. Like instead of it being technically crystals, it's like crystals are also a metaphor for galaxy. Yeah, so, I like that yeah. too. That's really pretty. I really like those. Uh, do we have any other like samesies? Cards? Nope, that was kind of it for the samesies. A lot of mine do have people in them, but I'm realizing that almost all of my people are like mostly either you can't see their whole bodies or they're covered in some. Oh, way. okay. So, hold on. Let me remind myself of what some of these name changes are. Okay, so. Okay, so this is the devil or oppression. And oh, it's yeah. a figure. I'm sorry. My lighting is crazy in here. Oh, right no. Now, so I don't know if you can see <laughs> this. But it's a figure fully, fully shrouded from head to foot. Uh-huh. Sort of standing amongst these rocks. And above her hands is the planet Earth, a feather, a crystal, and a coin. And the background is, like, very, very misty. It's mm-hmm. like mist crossing a moon. And I just think that the contrast is really appealing to me. And I also really, really like sort of this, I don't know, version of the devil that's not about temptation but yes. more about like a lack of understanding yeah i think that that's like a really nice interpretation of that card mm-hmm. 
Um, I also really like the Knight of Swords because it's this figure who's kind of like about to leap oh, into yes. a void in some way, almost uh-huh. like a fool, but not, but the Starseed card is not like that. And I think it's a little bit more intimidating than that. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of that idea where the Knight of Swords is like not really thinking things through all the way. Right. They're just sort of making decisions to go. And it feels like that because she's placed down her sword uh-huh. and she's like about to leap into this basically wormhole. Uh-huh. But I like the contrast. It has a dark background, a starry sky, yeah. all of that sort of Milky Way stuff. And I just think it's really pretty. Um, I also really like the Two of Swords. And this is a fun one because it's a little bit more two dimensional. Oh, like yes. all of the cliffy backgrounds all are sort of like one tone. So uh-huh. there's less universal stuff in it. And I just think it's really cool. Yeah. Like there's still all of these different moons and planets in the background. Um, but it feels very like split between two ideas, right. which I love for the two of swords. I do like that. Too. And then I'm going to go with the universe next. The universe is the world card. It's a figure sitting in front of a mm-hmm. pyramid. There's like a lot of light coming from the sacred geometry that's sort of in the upper half of the card. Mm -hmm. And again, there's a little bit more contrast, but she just feels so peaceful and complete. She's like sitting in a cross-legged position with her eyes closed, just looking really like complete and meditative, Mm -hmm. which I love for the world. Yes. And then lastly is the moon. And I love this card because again, it's very, very like rocky. She's a figure standing on a rocky sort of area behind her there's her own arms in a different position and the moon there's also a moon cycle there's a lot of constellations and I just think that it's sort of like mysterious and I really like moons that focus on the mystery of the moon yes rather than the like darkness of the moon Mm -hmm. so I'm a big fan of that card also yes I think that was my wallpaper on my phone for the longest time to be honest probably yeah (laughs) I mean it would make a great wallpaper so I don't blame you at all do you have any ha cards that you wanted to point out specifically? I didn't, mostly just because there were, like, it just wasn't me consistent. So, no. Right. Not really. Okay, so I have one that I just have as a ha because she looks so much like Aubrey, Audrey Plaza. It blew my mind. Oh, yes, it's yes, yes. That does. The like Queen Aubrey of Plaza. Cups. <laughs> she is one of the ones with a body that's kind of, like, been, like, edited to be weird. Because uh-huh. she's sort of wearing this, like, swoopy dress. But so much of her hip and side got cut off that it makes it look like the intention was to make her as thin as possible. Right. But it's really the Aubrey Pla- or the Audrey Plaza that's blowing my mind. And then yes, the other yes, one, yes. the Four of Cups, also has kind of a weird uncanny valley body situation. But oh, the yeah. reason that she's my hot card is because of the cat. I just love <laughs> the strange addition yes. of this very shocked looking Siamese cat. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. That's so cool. It's just so fun. So, yeah, I mean, this deck is just, like, so vibey. Uh-huh. And it, I think that it's definitely not my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I do get why people like it so Right, much. exactly. I find it appealing. And it's, like, one of those cards. I think that I did this. I've done the same with a couple of decks where I look at them for a thousand years uh-huh. and can't ever make a decision about it. Right. And then when I finally get it, I find way more depth once it's in my hand. Uh-huh. But I still don't tend to go for it specifically. Right. But I do like it. I'm glad I own it, mm-hmm. but it's not one that I use. Very exactly. Frequently. Shall we pull cards for our relationship yes. with the sucker? Hopefully it doesn't get too frustrated with us. I know. Yeah. Like, sorry, Akashic <laughs> Records. I'm not doing too good on the research. Okay, let's see. 
I kind of keep thinking like, what if now that the book is out, I can just go back to reading every day for myself, like I reading know. tarot for myself. Uh -huh. every day. I feel like I haven't since we wrote the book. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see what this brings. You know, I would love to get back into it in that I way. I know me too. It's All right. I hard. got the two of wands. I got the Knight of Wands followed by the Ten of Wands. So she doesn't no. like me. <laughs> she don't like me. <laughs> That's like, fair. It's okay. It's fair. Sorry. Um, yeah. So that was Moonchild. Yeah. Nope, Star nope, Child. Starchild. Yep. I know. Thank I'm you, wondering, Danielle. Now I'm wondering if that's, a, that's why I haven't been able to read for myself either because I'm so afraid of like the I, book well, stuff. I think it's that I know that I, well, okay. There's, I have thought about this a lot because it's made me feel really sad and a yeah. little bit shaken Uh huh. that I basically don't, I read for myself occasionally, usually a card of the day that I just pull and I don't give it much thought. Right. I think it's multiple. I think there are multiple reasons. One is during the pandemic, I'm too stressed. Like I don't, oh. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to push myself to do any growth. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to push myself to do any exploration. I couldn't. Right. Not even that I didn't want to. It's like my body would not let me. Right, right, right. And then also having the book be out, I just know that my anxiety levels throughout the whole pandemic have been so high. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like reading for myself would lower them. And so right. I just didn't read for myself at all. Right. So I'm curious now that we've sort of had to normalize the pandemic right so we, like we know the limits of our control more than we did two years ago exactly and also the book is finally out in people mm -hmm. in people's hands so that's no longer something we feel like a sense of control or concern over i do wonder if it'll like snap things back into place for me in yeah. terms of like wanting to do self-exploration and growth again and wanting to tap into the spiritual side of myself again mm -hmm. who yeah. knows we'll see yeah but uh, that was interesting. I was like, oh, uh -huh. because I mean, that's how we've been since the beginning of. Yeah. Both of us have been like yeah. struggling for ourselves, not necessarily for others, for others. Were, yeah. I know. feel like I can read for everybody else. Just fine. Yeah. I just can't do it for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, that's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. If you want to send us questions about our book, just send them to our email. Wildly tarot podcast at gmail.com with the subject of FAQ episode. And if you want to ask us questions that the tarot can help with, you can submit those on our form at wildlytarot.com. And also tell your friends about us, write and review us on iTunes and our book is on Amazon. It, it helps is. us grow and it helps us get in those algorithms and that good groove in the algorithm. So please, exactly. please, please leave us exactly. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And also we have a Discord server and we have merch on Red Bubble Shop. So all the links are in the show notes. So give it a swipe and give it a clickety click with your fingers to find all the cool stuff. Exactly. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We bring love our you. book with you. Yes, bring your book and give us those cozy, cozy pics. I've been waiting like love 12 months for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're so excited. We love you. We love you.